Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Y- 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 yeah, yes, but it's a, it's a little cold in here. Could somebody warm me up? <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. We're still watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. It's a super cool show <laughs> it's super and it's cool super especially and... this week <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this one is even called spider-man on ice and yet we're still pulling out the ice puns wild whoa I guess there, <laughs> there is a character called ice man so it makes sense <laughs> literally every week <laughs> yeah literally every week but even more of it even more of it than usual even more yeah ice everywhere yeah. if you want to watch spider-man and his amazing friends with us this episode and all but one of the episodes are available on Disney Plus. Um, and like we said the last couple of times, Disney Plus has a weird order of them. So if our numbers don't line up, I think the numbers on the show notes last, like the, our last couple of episodes, I had them like one off. So they actually did match the Disney Plus numbering. And that doesn't match IMDb. It doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. You watch these in any order you want. This episode, <laughs> technically is uh, season one, episode 10 of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. According to other sources, it's called The Vengeance of Loki. The synopsis per IMDb is the Spider-Friends team with Thor to stop Thor's evil half-brother Loki in his effort to acquire the ancient twins of the gods' gems. That was a lot of plural words. (laughs) The gems will grant unlimited power to whoever holds both of them. And if Loki were to get them both... He would be unstoppable in wreaking havoc over New York City. Oh, good thing he he never will, because it seems like they're saying that like if he were to get them, so he's probably not going to. So everything. Yeah, and I'm glad that I'm glad that New York City uh, is safe from Loki. Um, you know, after after 1984. Oh or yeah, 1981. No. <laughs> yeah, that's never. Where did that from? <laughs> <clears throat> no, no, the New York City will never see Loki ever again. No, no, totally safe. <laughs> the original air date for this episode was November 14th, 1981. It was written by our guy, Donald F. Glutt. He's written a bunch of these episodes of this show, and we've talked about him uh, pretty in-depth on our episode number nine. Yeah, well, if you couldn't tell from that synopsis, Loki and Thor are <laughs> featured in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and a couple other, couple other folks worth mentioning. So Thor... Uh, the big one for this, because the actor is someone we haven't talked about, Thor is voiced by Vic Perrin, who was originally a radio performer who provided the control voice in The Outer Limits. 
He also was the villain Dr. Zinn in Johnny Quest, which is a role he reprised for one appearance in the new adventures of Johnny Quest. Um, and he was Sinestro in Challenge of the Super Friends. But uh, he actually provides probably a lot more in the way of voices that we would recognize in this sphere of animation because he's part of the regular voice cast for the Fantastic Four, for Spider-Woman, uh, for Spider-Man 1981, and The Incredible Hulk. And he isn't always specifically credited as folks, as we are used to when we talk about these shows. So um, someone will probably hear a bunch when we talk about Spider-Man 1981, even if we don't always know it's him. Yeah. It's got the very typical man voice that you hear <laughs> on these shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we also, like I said, get Loki. Loki is voiced by John Stevenson, who is part of this voice cast, but uh, is recognizable enough that that he is sometimes you can you can pretty easily find like which featured characters he is voicing in this case loki but then also a couple other characters amir surter and eric uh, he voices all those folks in this episode and we've talked about him before because he was the voice of dr strange in this very show uh, we talked about him in our episode 38 when we talked about the infuriating episode uh, seven <laughs> <laughs> seven little superheroes uh, which also featured the next voice actor, Janet Waldo, who voices the character Zorona in this episode. Uh, but in that Seven Little Superheroes episode, voiced Shauna the She-Devil. Uh, so she's also part of this this voice cast. So uh, featured characters. It's cool that we know who they are because we don't always know the actors behind them. Yeah. Um, so in this case, I'm happy to know it. Yeah. I knew I recognized all of these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's just jump right into this episode. Let's do it. Venture over to the North Pole. Because the episode opens in the open Arctic Sea, where a tanker ship collides with an iceberg. Uh, an iceberg which is moving somehow. That's a little weird. Causing the <laughs> iceberg to split open. Loki, seeking revenge on Thor, watches from afar and admits to steering that iceberg into the ship. So... <laughs> Already already up to no good, that Loki making icebergs move into ships. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bud. Yeah. I feel like there's probably like, I don't know. That that seems like a lot, but it's Loki, so go for it, dude. <laughs> Does that, I, I feel like it's a really bizarre plan, but I guess it, it, it is. We, we get to why uh, pretty shortly, I suppose. It's <laughs> an extremely bizarre plan. Steer, steer an ice, move an iceberg into a ship <laughs> to make it crash. Well, you know, like, the only way all, to break an iceberg is with a large ship, and history has proven that the ship always wins in those scenarios, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. That's James Cameron make a whole, made a whole movie about that. <laughs> about how the ship wins? Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm, how the ship wins. That's why the movie's called Titanic, because that's the Titanic is the hero of the movie. It yeah. It's the iceberg. Yeah. It's not called Iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty bizarre, given the power that Loki has, that this is how he decides to break open an iceberg. But okay. <laughs> well, back in New York, as Bobby, Angelica, and Peter discuss going to the movies, which is a an interesting oh conversation. This is actually worth pausing and, and discussing yes, for a moment. 100%. Because we just had an episode a couple weeks ago where yeah. Bobby and Peter talk about their relationship with Angelica. And how neither one of them feels like they can pursue it for various reasons. And 
I sort of was thinking like this would be the perfect opportunity to, for them to like drop this if they felt like it wasn't working, you know, if they felt like they couldn't make it work or if it wasn't landing or whatever. But no, it doesn't go anywhere because apparently Angelica and Peter have a date, like explicitly they're going on a date and then, and they tell Bobby that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny because like I, it, they basically were it's it's they just had a human moment off screen I guess like there's there's yeah. I no, mean, they we, had a weird human moment on screen, and that's the that's the anomaly. No, no, I'm saying that, like, I think Peter, at some point off screen, Peter resolved his issue and worked up the courage to ask out Angelica, or Angelica asked him out off screen. No, I, I know what you're saying. Set, you know? <laughs> I'm saying that, like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'm saying it's weird that they had this human moment that is an anomaly because it mattered zero percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which makes it even weirder, because then it's like, why did you have this in that episode? Yeah. Why did you have them talk about this? <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, one thing I, I do like about it, even though, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it affects nothing in this episode, and probably they'll probably won't be dating by. It, yeah, know, it also you know, doesn't even episode. mean they're dating. That's the thing that's so strange about this show. And I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's just a a, a, a change in terminology or attitude or what. Um, but I don't feel like this means they're dating. <laughs> yeah, right. They're just going on. And, and the thing is, like, maybe it's a friend date but like then what but then the thing but they're not it can't be because their whole thing, thing is like we're not inviting <laughs> in, you <Bobby."> 81 <laughs> yeah no that's true and also the thing that i do like about it is that when bobby like hears that they're going on a date like he ain't mad about it like he <laughs> yeah. he's like oh can i come and then they're like no we're going on a date like Oh no, it's fine. I I, I want to come anyway. Like he's not bad. He just wants to go out to the movies. Like he's which it does line up with the prison plot episode when he and Spidey had the heart to heart about it. He was just like, yeah, I like her, but I know it's not going to work. So you go for it, dude. So like he has no issue. He would have no issues with Peter and Angelica dating reasonably. So like I think the scene does make sense from a character standpoint from that framing of it. It's just everything like outside of it doesn't because it was neither set up nor is it paid off anywhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it makes any sense. I get what you're saying as far as like Bobby being comfortable, but like this makes no sense. But but yeah. none of it's made sense at any point. It's not because of this. <laughs> I also will never forget the 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 like one frame from I think it was the Sunfire episode. It was one of the early ones that we did where it's just like Peter and Angelica just holding hands at at a carnival. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> For no reason, not it, commented on. <laughs> you know, it does make me wonder if like it just was never nailed down, and so th- some episodes were written with the understanding that Angelica and Peter were dating, and then other episodes were written from the perspective of they were not, and this yeah. is what we end up with is because none of these episodes have to have an, happen in a particular order. Like we've we've said that so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, that's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Some of them, pro- yeah. wanted them to be dating. They're like, oh, she's basically, you know, she's already a redhead. She's basically Mary Jane. So let's just have <laughs> them, let, let's, let's have them together. And it just depends on the writer. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, uh, it's especially funny because of that moment they had, uh, in the prison plot episode. Otherwise I don't even think I would have batted much of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they're talking about going to the movies. They have that whole conversation, and they receive a mayday communication exclaiming "Wind chill factor zero, wind chill factor zero. And Peter and Angelica are like, "What in the world is that? What does that mean?" But Bobby's like, "Oh yeah, of course, wind chill factor zero. That's my government code name." What? So he answers the call as wind chill factor zero. 
Why does Why does Bobby have government connections? I don't. What? When did this? How? I don't. I don't know. And out of out of out of all of these characters, t- to have like a tie to the government, like <laughs> we're literally having a code name and like a direct line. But Bo- Bobby would be the least likely of the three of them. <laughs> yeah, Firestar absolutely number one by a huge, huge margin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild. Uh, so yeah, apparently Bobby has his own special code. And they use this code to call him to the iceberg collision. And he says, sure, I'll be there. And I'm bringing some friends. Uh, And Bobby, just a funny little moment. Bobby straight up tells Aunt May that they're going to the North Pole uh, because he knows she won't believe him. And she says, you silly kids and your, what does she say? Imagination? (laughs) Those youngsters. I don't even know. She says, those youngsters and their wild imaginations. (laughs) Like they're six. (laughs) also what does that mean <laughs> we're going to the north pole and she thinks they're mad like i don't know whatever <laughs> it's like when you it's like when you're in well they're also they're in college it's like when you went to college and would call going to the liquor store they go into the go into the candy store like maybe it's like that she thinks they're just having a fun <laughs> fun child euphemism for things please let us know if you called the liquor store the candy store because this is a new one for me Oh, yeah, everybody in my college did. <laughs> Let us know if this was something you did as well. <laughs> if you went to Randolph-Macon, you definitely did. <laughs> well, they do get to the collision, and at the site of the collision, windchill factor zero freezes up. Uh, so Bobby transforms. <laughs> but it is fun that he says that. And he plunges down into the ocean to save the tanker by basically creating, like, a massive ice platform or, like, really a flat iceberg or like an upside down iceberg um, and just floats the the tanker back up to the surface. But before he's able to do that, he is momentarily distracted by something that he sees in the split open iceberg, which is the silhouette of a ship and a flashing light. And I don't know about you, but I thought that he was going to be like, I don't know, like mind controlled by this thing because the, the pause is very long. (laughs) Well, what I thought was funny about it is that like, uh, they're trying to play it like, oh, he's surprised because he just he sees like a Viking ship or whatever, like in a in an iceberg. Like, yeah, that would be worth like that would catch your attention. But because it's such a long pause and they have like a zoom in, they do have a zoom in on the diamond. Like, even if you don't know that you're looking for the diamond right now, like the flashing light is clearly like a diamond in the ship. So it looks like he's just like. Ooh, a pretty diamond. Like, it feels like it's like that, yeah. you know, which is extra funny because there are people in a sinking tri- ship drowning right behind him who will drown any minute if, with any ounce of hesitation. And he's just like, oh, that's what's that? That's pretty. That's why I thing. thought he was legitimately mesmerized. Yeah, because it takes I, such We didn't a long know what time. it was at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and the last Viking ship you and I talked about was full of magic. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> But yeah, he does. He is able to save the tanker despite his dis- being distracted. Uh, and while Spider-Man attempts to fix the rip in the tanker's hull so they can, you know, continue sailing away, Thor arrives to help. He's just there. Thor is like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, um, hi, it's me, Thor." Yeah, he just sh- shoots the the ship with his uh, with his hammer, and it's like, "Oh, that fi- that fixed it." That was Amazing easy. friends' powers, baby. Yep. Just blast stuff with your power, and it just magically fixes things. That's how it works. Yeah. And uh, Firestar melts the ice platform. That allows the tanker to operate once again. So that problem solved. Tanker's gone. Now it's just a bunch of super people in the Arctic hanging out. Thor explains that Mjolnir led him he- there, 
and Iceman, who, by the way, before I'm moving on, one thing I really like about superhero comics is that when a superhero shows up, everybody always has a prefix. So Iceman isn't like, hey, it's Thor. He's like, it's the mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what would that be like t- to have your own prefix in your life? Like hmm. whenever someone <laughs> sees you like walk through the door and it's like, oh, it's 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 the what would what would your what would your prefix be? I don't know. I don't or what know. would I, I don't know. I guess uh, what's a good example of a prefix? It's well, that's it's hard because they don't always make sense. But it's usually alliterative. Like it's usually something that goes with your first name. It is, but a lot of times, but like every example I think of isn't. Like it is sometimes with like Amazing Spider-Man, Incredible oh, Hulk, Uncanny X-Men, none of them are. So it doesn't have to be. I think it could just be like a fun word that like kind of theoretically describes you, but is also like super abstract and vague. But I guess I was thinking, yeah, I guess I was thinking more like comic book name, like like characters in comic books tend to have like dual letter names or dual sound names like Lana Lang or Clark Kent uh, or something like that. So I was thinking like, like Peter Parker, Max Modell, like, like if you just walked st- walked up and was like, "Oh, look, it's Maximum Max Modell," like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess it That's... isn't always that, right? Like, it could just be like, I think it, it works. Be... Like, oh, hey, it's Dangerous Doug or something, you know? <laughs> like that could be fun, and it, but it doesn't, doesn't like... have to be DD. It, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's like whatever works. It's probably like it's it's better if it is alliterative because it's you know more memorable. But it doesn't have to be, and often isn't. It just, I think the trouble is that most of the words are like used already for superheroes. So like it would have to be a weird poll probably, like, yeah. you know, I know um, I'm like trying to think of one that works. The The one I, I can think of for myself would be alliterative is, yeah. is there, and you've, you've, pro- I don't know if you ever had to do this activity where you had to like use an adjective, like in an icebreaker, you had to use an adjective that went with your name with oh, the like yeah. first letter of your name. I always would do dynamic Doug. Oh, is there a superhero one. that's like the dynamic something? Because if not, I'm claiming it. There probably there might be, but I don't think it's one of like the big <laughs> ones that anyone will remember. So I think that's claimable. I like that dynamic Doug. Well, you can huh. use it next time you're doing an icebreaker, as long as I'm not there. Yeah, I like that. Because <laughs> I'll fight you one. for it. <laughs> the phantasmagoric Derek. There you go. Got the two K sounds at the end. I like that. Yeah, it's a different kind of alliteration. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, oh God, I lost my place. Where are we? Uh... <laughs> the mighty Thor just oh. arrived, and he's explaining that Mjolnir <laughs> is his yeah. GPS. Yeah, Mjolnir was his GPS, and Iceman's like, okay, that's cool. While you're here, though, can you explain something for me? I got to show you this ship with a flashing light. What? What's that about? That seems like your kind of deal, right? And Thor's like, oh, yeah, I know all about that, bro. That's the fabled twins of the gods. Okay, but, like, was Thor there because of that, or did Thor show up completely independently and is just, like, happens to be the right person to ask in the moment? I think that it's like he sensed. I think it's like he sensed a disturbance in the force, and that's what that was. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I think that's that. all it is. Yeah, because that's yeah, because that's 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 Loki. The whole reason Loki's doing all this stuff is to get the fabled twins of the gods. So it's all connected. Yeah, that makes sense. He has a special sense for his mischievous brother. <laughs> <laughs> so Spider-Man and Firestar call into question, just like the veracity of Thor in general, basically <laughs> like it's so condescending. <laughs> it really is. Cause they don't even just say like, you're not really a God though. Right. Or no, actually they do it that way. It's not like they yeah. say like, Oh, so you're a God, huh? Or like, Oh, so tell us about Asgard. They're like, so you're not like 
you're not like really a god though, right? And I think yeah. Firestar is like, but like, but like Asgard's not real though, right? It's like yeah, she's like Neverland. it's just like never, never, it's like never, <laughs> Neverland, right? Like, which it's so insulting. Like, like you're, you're not just a- really a god though, right? <laughs> right, right. Just say right. <laughs> Like, why are they like this? <laughs> I know. It's like y'all live in the Marvel universe. You've at this point, you you fought you fought magical stuff. You fought fucking Mr. Frump and his like reality warping stuff. Like yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. They're being punks. Yeah. But uh Thor is pretty pretty much unfazed uh as a god. <laughs> and he he proves it to them by showing them basically like he basically like projects a vision with Mjolnir, which, by the way, I I did note it as that. I don't think he ever calls his hammer that. I think he just calls it his magic hammer. Was it not always called that? I'm pretty sure it was always called Mjolnir, right? I think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if like because you know it's not an easy word to say or spell. <laughs> it's probably just like avoided for kids in kids shows for like this type of era. It's just like it's a magic hammer. That's enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess. I feel like every kid could probably say it now, though. <laughs> oh, sure. We've yeah. bombarded We've bombarded the, the consciousness with Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Mew Mew. <laughs> Mew, Mew. Mew Mew. Well, Mew Mew shows them the vision, uh, and this is <laughs> Thor's narration. I just like it. He says, beyond space and time, there exists a rainbow bridge. This magical bridge is the only road connecting Earth to the fabled Asgard. I like that he refers to his own home as fabled. Uh, <laughs> That's for- a good point. <laughs> For the most part, tis a realm of great beauty and joy, but there be many regions of Asgard not so friendly, including the frozen land of the ice giants. There is also the dreaded Forest of Thorns, which, by the way, looks dope as hell, where my crafty half-brother Loki, god of evil, broods and plots. I feel like Loki is the god of mischief, right? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Yep. (laughs) I thought so. (laughs) <laughs> Did you know Thor is an unreliable narrator? True. He has a very distinct bias when speaking about his half brother. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that that fits what this Thor would say. <laughs> it would be so amazing though if somebody was like, I don't know. I feel like I've read about Loki. I don't think he's a god of evil, Thor. I think maybe you misspoke. <laughs> oh, you know more about me than I know about my own evil half brother. <laughs> he's the god of evil. I said so. Mjolnir said so. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, the retro futuristic look of Asgard that that we get here. Like, yeah, this brief, and I like that they show Volstag like explicitly. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, you never get to see him and stuff. Yeah, and he's actually yeah. he's actually a big boy here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice and pleasantly plump, like he should be. Yep, yep. Dig it. And they like and the, they they balance out. It's like. You know, it's almost like uh, it's almost like there was somebody in the room who was like, "We can't just have the fat guy eating a chicken leg." So somebody else was like, "Just have him lift a table with one arm." Yeah, you're like, okay. <laughs> I think it works. It works. It works for for him because I feel like that is like his is meant to be his character. You know, I'm glad that he's doing both things. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Thor further explains, Mister Exposition Machine, uh, that Loki has one twin of the gods. So. This is the one one of these two magical gems, but if he ends up with the other magical gem, that means that he would become especially powerful. I don't really know like what, what that means because he's already like a god, but I guess you're gonna be like an extra god. Just then, Loki sees the other twin gem and just arrives via Rainbow Bridge to the site of the iceberg collision, where the spider friends and Thor continue to search. So now Loki is on the scene, but they are 
unaware that he's there. Yes. It's like an interesting way that they arrange this scene and the next scene, because it took me kind of like a moment to stop and think about where everybody was mm-hmm. so that he isn't noticed. But then whatever happens next also makes sense as well. Like I like, I like how they, how they do it. I do too. Oh, you know, I also sh- should say too, I, I like, um like Thor is very classic looking, but I do like that his face feels a lot more like a classic Jack Kirby drawing that most of the other designs on the show look like his face is really angular and everything mm-hmm. and has like the kind of lines that Jack Kirby faces would have, like the way his eyes are drawn and stuff. I thought that was kind of a nice touch because that even though like he's still super basic looking, it he does look a little bit distinct from most of the other character designs on the show because of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, Thor uses Mjolnir, his GPS, to guide them to the gem. But Loki's watching them because, like you said, Loki has arrived, uh, unbeknownst to them. And transforming into a polar bear, uh, Loki proceeds to attack Iceman. uh, And no one else notices. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying about, like, I like the way that they arrange this. Because if you do stop to think about it, you know, your brain doesn't melt out of your head. You know, last time we talked about uh, the plotting and and arrangement of things, uh, I lost my mind a little bit. This actually makes sense. (laughs) So while Iceman attempts to fight off the polar bear, Thor raises the frozen ship and Firestar gets to work thawing it out uh, of its frozen over state. And the bear breaks off from its clash with Iceman to quickly snatch up the gem from the ship that is now, you know, not submerged. (laughs) It is, it is wild to me how quickly Loki gets both of these like gems that are supposed to be just like immensely dangerous and the worst thing ever. Like it's very quickly in the episode. It's like, all right, accomplish my goal. I'm all powerful now. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, didn't even, (laughs) all right. That was, that was easy. Yeah. There's like a whole nother episode out there where like he found the first one and by finding one, it like leads you to the second, but finding one is like incredibly hard, you know, like there's like a whole nother story and a whole other side to this journey that he's on that we just never get to see. <laughs> yeah, right. Like this is like the very tail end of what I assume was a very long journey because otherwise he would have found these a lot very quickly. It had to take a long yeah. time to track it down. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. The other thing that I think I have so many notes for this episode for some reason, but uh, the other thing that's like funny about this scene is that they keep playing up how cold Spider-Man is because he's just in spandex in the Arctic, which fair. Mm-hmm. So he repeatedly is, like, hugging Firestar to get warmth from her, which is another, like, oh, are they dating now or what's going on there? Yeah. Um, But then there's another point because he's, you know, repeatedly having to ask her to warm him up again. There's another point where he says, come on, flame girl, give me a hit. (laughs) Totally normal thing to say. Totally normal thing to say. Totally normal. Good good job being normal, (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Well, realizing immediately, pretty much, that the polar bear is Loki, uh, Thor confronts him with Iceman. (laughs) Loki, though, makes quick work of dismissing Thor to a magical prison in the desert of despair, because he does have both of the gems now. Um, And he sends Iceman to Asgard's Sea of Flames, where he's met by Surtur, the fire demon. None of this, by the way is witnessed by the other two heroes. They are completely unaware. (laughs) So Loki then changes his appearance to that of Thor, uh, pretty much so he could just ruin Thor's reputation, which is so petty and so beautiful. Yeah, I like that. It's a good detail. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to destroy my brother by, like, killing him or, you know, anything like that. Like, I just want everyone to hate him. It's perfect. (laughs) So when Firestar completes thawing away the ice... Loki, as Thor, returns to her in Spider-Man, 
So, you know, they they think that it's Thor. They discover a frozen Viking still on board. But he's, like, not, like, frozen in ice. He's just, like, frozen in, like, suspended animation, basically. <laughs> yep. Like, he's just standing there, like, completely fine on the ship, but just not uh-huh. moving, not awake. So Loki, as Thor, uses uh, his version of Mew Mew to revive the Viking. <laughs> and I like the detail that they explain why a Viking can speak English, because he magically makes him able, uh, makes his language able to be understood by all. So yeah. they didn't have to explain that. I would have just went with it, because most things, they just right. let everything speak English. So I yeah. appreciate the attention to detail there. Yeah, yeah. I dig it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Loki then commands uh, Loki again as Thor. So the uh, commands the Viking, whose name is Eric, uh, presumably inspired by the historical Viking Eric the Red. Maybe even has know. a red beard. He does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he he uh, commands the Viking to prove his loyalty to Thor to earn his spot in Valhalla by destroying the evil cities of mankind. Um, and he even refers to the evil city called New York. So, <laughs> The evilest of cities. And, you know, the Viking is just like, oh, okay, you're Thor, so sure, I will just assume these are evil. I, don't, I just woke up. I don't know what's happening. Sure, buddy. Yeah. Now, I would love for somebody to let me know. Maybe you know this. I don't know uh, what, your, what your familiarity with Thor lore is. Uh, or Loki lore. Nope. Uh, mine is is little. Uh, yeah. I've read like bits and pieces of of more recent significant things, but that's about it. This makes sense that he like wants to destroy New York because it's a Spider Man show, and then the MCU makes sense because everything in the MCU to that point kind of took place around New York. Is this like a thing? Like, is does Loki actually have a, a hatred to New York? Like. Is it just a coincidence that the only things I know about Loki is that he wants to destroy New York? Somebody let me know. Is there something about New York? Is it just because all the heroes are there? Help me out. It probably, it probably, <laughs> uh, my, I mean, my assumption, like, uh, you know, outside of, like, the writers need him to go to New York because the Spider-Man lives there. My assumption is that, like, Thor's friends are there. So the best way to get back at Thor is to, like, destroy the place where Thor has superheroed probably the most Yeah. With, all the it, Avengers and it makes stuff, sense so. I just I want the answer to be that like no Loki does actually have like this s- distinct hatred for the city of New York that would be so beautiful <laughs> it's like a bit it's like uh it's like uh the, the the Simpsons episode where like Homer actually has a vendetta against New York because he went there one time as a as a teenager and just had a particularly bad time and just considers it the worst city in the world because of like one bad afternoon there yeah it's all it takes you know maybe Loki had a bad afternoon <laughs> Well, suspicious that Thor isn't actually Thor based on a tingling of his spider sense and just Thor being strange. (laughs) Spider-Man attempts to confront Thor with Firestar. Uh, They don't get very far, though, because Loki, still obviously as Thor, traps both of them inside the Twins of the Gods gems. Because why not? They're the Twins of the Gods gems. You can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. <laughs> it's kind of, it's honestly kind of like the front medallion. Like it's just sort of like you can do whatever you want now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Katie, Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. 
we have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like peeks behind the curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So back on Asgard, uh, as Iceman is kind of suffering under the heat of uh, Sir... Sir, Surtur? Surtur? I forgot how you, how you pronounced it. I, uh, I've just been saying Surtur, but I have no Surtur. idea how you actually say it. <laughs> I don't remember how he said it. I think yeah. Surtur makes sense. And the Sea of Fire. So it's all fiery, so Iceman doesn't do good in fire. Which actually, sorry, to backtrack for a second, it's they oh, so frequently Firestar absolutely cannot use her powers when it's just the slightest bit cold anywhere. And here she is in the Arctic just using her powers willy-nilly and having no issue with it. I think that that's silly. She does shiver every once in a while, though, in the background. <laughs> sure, sure. So she's at least uncomfortable. <laughs> she's uncomfortable, yeah. Well, <laughs> the episode after this, she's in a room with some ice in it and just completely is out of power. So flat. Yeah. spoiler alert for that. It's yeah. inconsistent. Well, she needs someone to rescue her, so there's your explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, the reverse of that with Iceman, of course, it's hot. He can't. He doesn't do well with hot. Uh, we have that in common. So he's he's <laughs> suffering a bit. Then Zorona of the Ice Giants, a, a big old actual ice giant, arrives to help. Iceman grabs like one of like her ice bolts that she's firing at Surtur, uh, which is like literally just frozen lightning bolts. I it's really love cute. that. It's so cool. I, I like love it. that so much because I wasn't expecting it to just be solid ice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it literally yeah. is just solid ice. Uh huh. But since, you know, she's a big lady and she makes big ice bolts, yeah. when Iceman grabs a hold of one of them, it's like the size of his whole body and he just rubs up all over it. And now he <laughs> revitalizes himself because he yeah. gets to be cold again. It's like yeah. rubbing an ice cube across your forehead when you're hot, except it's your whole body. So yeah. Saved by a giant woman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so he revitalizes himself and they both attack her together and they stave him off. So good yeah. to go now. Yeah. Well, after Surtur is gone, Zorona celebrates finding an ice god to keep her company, as she was kicked from her throne as the former queen of the Frost Giants and has since sort of, it seems like, has been banished from her former queendom, right? Something like <laughs> um, that, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't really get too much into it. Just that she used to have a throne, and now she doesn't, because some guy took it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Iceman, unsure of where Loki sent Thor is like, I could probably use this to my advantage. So he offers to help Zorona get her throne back as long as she helps him find Thor, which is pretty smart for Bobby. <laughs> it is, yeah. Especially with a very large, giant, beautiful woman in front of him. Uh-huh, yeah, and he comments on her size very frequently. So <laughs> I think he's, as much as he doesn't want to be into it, I think he's a little bit into it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
still under the guise of Thor, Loki approaches New York City in, in, in the flying Viking ship, I might add, that still, like, it still has the oars, like, swimming in the air, basically. Like, not swim, steering, whatever you would call it. The oars are moving as if it's steering in the ocean, but in the air, because, you know. Yeah, how else would you go forward, Derek? Good point. <laughs> uh, good point. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he Loki and, uh, and, and, and Eric the Viking approach New York City and... Loki laughs maniacally like he does. That's the whole scene. I love this. <laughs> it's like a half second scene of him just flying over New York and laughing. That's it. I also like that like it approaches the uh it approaches this little painted landscape of New York at an angle and then the camera tilts once it like approaches it. Like it's I, it's just a it's an unnecessary little detail but it's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah. Well, Iceman and Zorona arrive to the frozen land and confront Ymir, Emir. It's technically in real Ymir? life, I mean, not in real life, but like in, yeah, in real life, when you're talking about the mythological character, um, who is not the same, who isn't a frost giant in mythology, it's like Emer is how it's pronounced normally, I believe. Emer, Emer normally, but in the show, it's a, it's Ymir is how they pronounce it, and like I, I forget exactly who Emer is in like Scandinavian myth or Norse mythology or whatever it is, but it's not a frost giant. It's totally different. So like, it actually, I think is kind of valid to pronounce it differently if they wanted to, because it's not the same guy. So in the show, they say Ymir. So we can just say it that way and we're not doing it wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like you're giving them a lot of credit, but I appreciate that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so they confront Ymir. Uh, the frost giant who stole Zorona's throne. And Iceman very quickly defeats and imprisons Ymir, and Zorona is once again declared queen of the frost giants. But in celebrating the victory over Ymir, Zorona's people declare Iceman her consort uh, for all eternity. So cool. unexpected result, Iceman is stuck forever, I guess. <laughs> cool. He literally like slips off of his own ice slide after hearing that he's a consort for all eternity. <laughs> a consort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, back in New York, uh, Loki as Thor and Eric begin to wreak havoc upon the city. Pretty sure like an entire bus full of people dies because he just like yep. makes a bunch of uh, he like shoots a building or something. A bunch of rubble goes down on the bus. And like in other in other shots where there's a car is being attacked or on fire, you visibly see people run out. You don't see anybody leave the bus that was just driving. You just see a bunch of rocks tumble on it, crushing it, and then it's like smoking and probably about to burst into flames. So a bus, yeah. people, bus full of people just died on screen. Yeah, Loki doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's pretty bad um, since he's – as Thor right now, a crowd gathers to curse Thor. <laughs> love that. Yeah. I love a crowd that just immediately is like, fuck you. Boo. <laughs> Boo. So great. <laughs> well, in Asgard, Iceman is presented with a crown by the Frost Giant, who would have been Zorona's consort had Iceman not arrived, which sucks for that Frost Giant. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, and, and they sort of have like a, a brief moment where they connect and Iceman realizes, well, wait a second. This frost giant is pretty, pretty bummed that he doesn't get to be the consort and realizes this could be his way out of being the consort. So Iceman creates an engagement ring out of ice. <laughs> of sure. A, uh, a fully cut diamond ice, ice yeah. ring. I mean, it's ice, but like it's cut like a diamond. Just... I, he, 
he, you know, he can make whatever he wants. <laughs> he is an Omega level mutant, right? Yeah. So sure. Yeah. All right, bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just Green Lantern, but with ice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> also, I love the idea that like the most luxurious thing an ice person can give to an ice person is it's an ice, ice ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. But yeah, so he makes this engagement ring and he gives it to the frost giant to propose to Zorona. And he's hoping that this will uh, woo Zorona and allow her to, uh, I guess, forget about Iceman? <laughs> her ice god? <laughs> and, you know, maybe she's just a little more shallow than I think we were giving her credit for. <laughs> or she just loves every boy, you know? That's, that's totally valid. <laughs> she's relatable content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag relatable content, Zorona. <laughs> Well, back in the desert of despair, a goblin-y gargoyle-like uh, creatures begin to gather as Thor, like the real Thor, not the Loki Thor, the real Thor breaks out of his magical prison. That's it. Another another quick scene. <laughs> then back to Asgard, <laughs> Iceman has a heart-to-heart with Zorona about uh, how impractical their marriage would be, such as, what if you accidentally stepped on me? I love that. And Zorona's like, well, some people are into that. But since you aren't, I agree. <laughs> I am nothing if somebody who doesn't value consent in stepping on others. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm okay with a macro-micro relationship, but clearly that's not your fetish, and I respect that. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter because I got this cool-ass engagement ring from this <laughs> other guy. I love him now because he gave me a ring. And you know, women be shopping. Love just give give any just give them a ring, and they will love it. It's that's yeah. all you need to do. That's all it takes, everybody. obviously. All it takes. So she loves the other one now. Um, so yeah, so Iceman's plan to uh, to persuade her with one single ring fully worked. Um, yeah. Ice, yeah. a woman's best friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So she's she's chill though. She's like you know I. I'm cool with all of this, but, you know, my people still really like you as their king for some reason. All of the ice giants are just into, like, cute little micros, I guess, is what the lesson of this is. But she's like, but if you were to escape, you would probably escape through this back door here that I'm going to open for you. Also, for some reason, she knows where Thor is, and she tells him that Thor is in the desert of despair. I don't know how she knows that information, but she's like, by the way, FYI, here you go. By the way, Loki does the same shit every single time, so like, just start there. Just start looking there first. <laughs> That's funny. I like that idea. <laughs> she's like, this is like the 18th time this has happened. <laughs> yeah. He's only tweaking the plan a little bit every time, so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so Iceman uh, does find Thor and they meet up and travel the rainbow bridge together. Um, (laughs) Which sounds like they fuck. (laughs) I mean, it's Bobby and Thor. Like actually I could see it. I could see it. Non-zero chance that that happens. (laughs) Yeah, definitely non-zero for both, both of them. I can see it. Exactly. You know, this is, this is kind of a long, a long Roy on the rainbow bridge. Like we don't have any music or anything. Do you just want to kill some time right now? Yeah. Yeah. Just a nice trip on the rainbow bridge together. Uh, to uh, to obviously the worst city in the world, New York City. <laughs> no, not the worst, just the most evil. That's right, the most evil. That's the evilest of cities, according to Loki. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, well, when they arrive, uh, Thor discovers the twins of the gods on Loki's armbands and just destroys them. Just, you know, he's like, there they are. They're just right out there in the open. My brother's an idiot, so I guess I'll just destroy them uh, successfully. And this frees Spider-Man and Firestar. So, way to go. I'm glad that, that he knew that that would work and not kill them. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll just assume he knew that and it wasn't just a, uh-huh. cool, a fun accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Thor, you know, bit of payback, sends Loki to the desert of despair. And when he does this, the Viking ship just plummets to the ground, <laughs> just falls to the ground. It's it's no longer magic or flying. So, you know, two birds, one stone. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I think <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, Loki's like, they will punish me. No, I guess he was referring to the I thought he was referring to the twin gems of the gods would punish him. Because no, like if as if they're like sentient, but because I don't know who else would, but maybe it's the, the people gargoyles. in the desert of despair. The gargoyles that makes sense. Sure, we'll just I go guess. That. The, but we don't, the like, show just... is going through a phase right now where it really likes like gobliny gargoyly hordes. Oh yeah. Um, and this is just one of those episodes. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see that in spades next week. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. So it's just kind of a precursor to that madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The episode ends with Eric, poor Eric, this poor little Viking, not, well, he's not little, this poor Viking, like, was just on a ship, it got frozen, probably magically, and he wakes up, like, thousands of years later, and, like, his god's like, let's do this shit, and he's like, okay, sure, finds out that it wasn't his god, it was an evil god, he was doing terrible stuff, he feels (laughs) bad about it, he doesn't know what the heck is going on, like, he just wants to, to go to, he just wants to go to his nice afterlife, like... It's like, My let him God die. God is an evil God. He tries to destroy New York City. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, just let me go to Valhalla, y'all. Like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> he gets a nice little happy ending, though, because <sighs> Thor destroys the gems um, and he takes Eric to Asgard. So Eric the Viking probably would have fun partying in Asgard. Like, I think that he would love being there. So. Sure. I guess that's happy, happy ending for him um, yeah. after this traumatizing experience. Yeah, but w- what more could you want? Yeah. And Spider-Man and Firestar are like, where was Iceman this whole time? Like, where were you? And and I, Iceman doesn't really, like, tell them. He just makes, like, an obscure reference to Zorona, and they're really confused about it. He has this line that I don't understand. I think it's the last line of the episode, but he says, she was almost a little woman, but not quite. What the fuck does that mean? Can you explain that to me? I certainly can't. <laughs> I know, like, little woman, haha, because she's big, but what would that have meant? Like, what's the joke? What's the pun? I don't, I don't get know. It. Like, he's saying, almost? like, she's a little bit of a woman. She's almost a little bit of a woman. Is that what it's trying to say? But that doesn't make sense either. I don't know. Like, Is this, like, a phrase that we don't get because it meant something once? She was almost a little woman. Yeah, may- maybe it was, uh, yeah, maybe like, it's just a little like, woman. Kind of a- Maybe it's Is like it a reference to Little Women that I don't get? <laughs> that makes even less What would that mean? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know either. Someone out there gets it. Let us get it with you. Yeah, I really want to know what the joke is. <laughs> like, yeah, she is not little. She big. But I don't know. That's, that's the extent that I understand of it. I don't know what but the But that in itself, is. like, isn't a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is is it okay? Are we thinking too much into it? And it's just this bad of a joke where he's saying, 
She was almost a little woman, but not quite because she's not a little woman. She was almost a little woman. She was not quite a little woman because she's actually a big woman. It's the opposite of that. Is that literally all it is? I refuse to believe that that's all it is. I feel like there's a joke we're not getting. I hope so, because otherwise that's probably the worst line of this entire show. I need it to be like a really sophisticated joke that we're too dumb to get. I need that to be the case. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I expect from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Jokes that are too sophisticated for us to understand when we're breaking them down. But it almost feels perfect. It almost feels perfect if that's the case. Yeah. (laughs) Like Bobby making this like very like sophisticated joke. Uh, remember when he no didn't reason. know remember when he like didn't know what an omelet was or something like, like... <laughs> oh bobby contains multitudes uh and one he of those really multitudes does. is hyper sophistication and the other is complete idiocy okay okay yeah sure actually that's fine <laughs> i can i can buy that yeah this is some kind of literary reference I, 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 yeah, I don't know. 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 I was really, really surprised that the episode was over when it was over. Like, yeah. the most of the episode is actually just about Iceman. Like, to be honest, it's it about is. Iceman getting trapped somewhere and trying to get away from it. Um, that's like most of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Which is not well, actually the battle with Loki. <laughs> reflected a little bit probably in our runtime because we're at the end of it at the end and this is might be one of our shortest episodes, yeah, maybe. There's no episode um, left. <laughs> there's just nothing left in this episode to talk about. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> well, and it's weird because there's still a ton of cuts and stuff. Like there's kind of a lot going on, but there also isn't there's a lot of scenes. There's a lot of quick scenes, but there's isn't a lot happening at the same time. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, like, they completely get rid of Spider-Man and Firestar for a chunk of the episode. Like, they just aren't there well, <laughs> or yeah. doing anything. They aren't. Oh, that's, you know, that's sort of the weird thing about it is, like, Spider-Man and Firestar are trapped through most of it. And then Iceman and Thor aren't fighting the villain through until the right. very end because most of them are just trapped in respective places. Right. So Loki isn't the conflict, really. It's, the conflict is, like, getting to Loki. Once they've gotten to Loki, like, the conflict is done. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, he's super easy to beat. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's done the same plan 18 times. Thor knows exactly what to do, you know? It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, I love this frame. Uh, it's okay. a Spidey frame, so the face is, is Spidey. But the way that he's positioned, it's he's he's cold and he's shivering, so he's, like, holding himself but this is where he's being condescending to to Thor, and he says like, "Oh, but that's not real, right?" But it just ends up looking like he's being a sm- like a snarky asshole, which I guess he is. It, it, but like, I don't even know how to describe it. But I just like know, I know what I'm looking at, right? Like he he looks like somebody who's like not fully engaged in the conversation, but like interjects every once in a while to tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what this pose looks like to me. Certainly, uh, certainly. Looks like uh, the type of thing you could put some impact over and make a great joke with. <laughs> I don't know. Just a funny pose. Yep. He has a lot of lines on his uh, on his glove. It's he really like, does. A lot more than usual. But it's good. Can you tell we're padding out this episode? <laughs> we don't have to. We can just end it. I'm not trying to pad it out. I just really thought this was genuinely funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's a genuinely funny pose. It's good, no, it's a good frame. <laughs> I think that this will be usable for other other things later yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Any other final thoughts on this one? I don't really. It's not really. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's not like a bad episode, but it's not really a great episode. I think it's actually probably a pretty forgettable episode. Yeah. Like, ask me about it in a year, and I'll probably be like, oh, shoot, that's right. That did happen. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. It's actually <laughs> funny because it's an episode with Thor and Loki, and it's like one of the least ridiculous episodes of the show, to it be It should honest. have been so much weirder. Yeah, it was not very weird. It was just like no. they're just stranded in a hot place and a cold place, and then they get out, and there, there you go. <laughs> yep, yep. They did the anyway. thing. <laughs> yeah, we did the thing. If you would like to be stranded with us in two hot and cold places on the internet. <laughs> As opposed to if you'd like to find us doing the things. <laughs> uh-huh. Visit us on Patreon. It makes sense. It makes about as much sense as she was almost a little woman, but not quite. <laughs> I can't wait for on... someone to explain that joke to us. I know what no one is going to. Someone's what, go- what... I have faith. I have faith in our listeners. Someone We're gets not the joke. Hear from anybody on that show. <laughs> <laughs> Join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wildthingwebsnappers. we got a lot of cool stuff. Lots of bonus episodes. Um, this episode's coming out in May, so um, probably around this time, if not before or just after it, uh, you should be hearing our, our first movie commentary on the first Spider-Man movie. Woo-woo! Yeah, so we're excited about that. That's that's at our $5 level, but even if you're at our $1 level, there's still tons of bonus material and early access to stuff um, and exclusive content that, that you only get if you're a patron. So check us out there. Otherwise, if you'd like to find us on the internet individually, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-U-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can find me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games with bits and pieces of other pop culture. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. If you'd like to hear more from both Doug and I, we have a monthly podcast called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we're watching every Pixar movie chronologically. Our episode on WALL-E is out right now. Check those episodes out now, as well as our full archive. They're available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on our website, wallopingwebsnappers.com, where we have a full archive of all of our episodes from both of our shows that we do together. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod, or you can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please let us know what that little woman joke meant. <laughs> I want not- a full essay. I want to understand it completely. Full history, etymology of every word in that sentence. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on any major podcast platform uh, that you use, but especially the big ones, rating us and or reviewing, especially both, just helps other people find our show. Next week, the Amazing Friends learn that a certain tabletop role-playing game is closer to reality than they think in Knights and Demons. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. See you then. (laughs) Bye.